Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the fact that he was and is and is to come reminds us that we have things to look back on and appreciate, that we can live in his presence right now and we can look forward to his work in the future, including the day that he comes when that trumpet blows. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4. And uh, we'll be reading uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, starting with verses 6 and 7. And uh, I'm reading out of the New King James today, just to let you know. We're in the second week of a series on peace of mind. And we began last week talking about how peace of mind, it's an elusive thing. It's a thing that so many people are looking for in this world, desperately wanting, and yet it seems to slip through our grasp so often, even as believers. And so last week we looked in, at the peace of Jesus. When Jesus was there with his disciples uh, in the last few days uh, before he was taken to be crucified, he told them, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives but my peace I leave with you. And so we talked about the fact that the number one thing that we can do for our peace of mind is to know without a shadow of a doubt that we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because he has promised us that he will never leave us or forsake us, that God's presence will be with us. And we talked about the fact that even though it's a permanent possession, Sometimes, like we forget about and leave something out in the shed, we still own it, but we've forgotten about it. We've put it to the side, and it's not benefiting us. So we said we need to uh, keep that in our minds, the fact that God is with us, that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And that peace of relationship, we're not at war with God, we're not against God anymore. That means we have relationship peace with Him, and that can bring us peace of mind in our hearts. But I said last week that that's the most important thing, that's the beginning, the foundation block for, for the rest of this series. For anything else, you need to know that you know Jesus Christ and you can have that peace of having that permanent relationship with him. That is the foundation block. But it's not all that the Bible has to say about having peace of mind. And so we're moving on to this passage today in which we're going to be looking at the peace of God. And I want to invite you to stand with me now as we read from his word. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and, God, we desire the peace that is described there. In your word, God, we would, we would love to have that place, and I pray that you would help us to really understand what it is that we need to do to receive that type of peace, and that we would embrace that type of peace in our lives. And God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. 
So here's the question to frame this message today. Let's say we know that the Lord is with us wherever we go, in the fire or in the flood, on the mountaintop or in the valley. He's with us. His presence is with us, and, and that affords us tr a tremendous amount of peace. But knowing that he's with us in the fire, we're still in the fire. Knowing that he's with us in the valley, we're still in the valley. We talked a little bit last week about, you know, about fears and worries and anxieties. And sometimes those are things that are just made up things that attack us, these, these bad thoughts. You know, you've probably heard the, the phrase, fear is false evidence appearing real. But sometimes it's not false evidence. Sometimes there's real issues. There's real trials, real uh, things that we're coming up against in life and, and those things threaten to steal our peace. Uh, they might be a financial things. There's too much month left at the end of the money. There, there might be a physical thing. There might be a relationship thing. But there's something that's, that's not right in your life. And you know God is with you and that helps you. But what about that particular issue you are facing? How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Paul gives some very uh, specific instructions for those concerns we have in our life. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I love that he didn't say most of the time, but he said nothing. He said there's really no reason for you to be attacked with anxiety, and we are attacked with anxiety in this world. But he says, don't take that, don't own that anxiety that this world is trying to throw on you. Be anxious for nothing. So number one, you make a decision, you make a choice. I'm not going to be anxious about this. Rather, I'm not going to ignore it either, but instead of being anxious, I'm going to do what God says to do about it. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We have a choice, he says. We can be anxious about it, or we can pray about it. Now, that is your choice. You have that right. Each and every day, anytime you have a problem, a concern come up, you have a choice. Isn't it crazy? Do you think anyone logically would ever say, yeah, the smart thing to do is to choose worry, to choose anxiety. That's the route I want to go. And yet, just like without thinking, when that cookie is on the island, we just go by and pick it up and eat it. Although consciously, we might not want those calories. Subconsciously, we just pick it up and eat it. We kind of do the same thing with worry. We would not choose, we would not say, yes, worry is the thing I need to do. But that worry is just right there, and it's just calling out to us, and we're passing by. And we're like, yes, worry. And we take it, and we feast on worry. But that feast ends up in indigestion. It does not go down well, because worry never does anything good for us. Jesus said, which one of you can add a cubit or an inch or a half an inch to your height by worry? None of us. Worry doesn't accomplish anything. And yet, that seems to be the default that we head to. We just, just like that cookie, we just reach out and we grab worry. And God is telling us there is a better choice, there's a better option over here. Rather than worry, we need to give it to God. How do we do that? 
How do we give these issues to God? He gives some specific instructions here. He says, in everything, so again, there's no limits here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he says, you need to let this be known to God with, with a three-part way of doing it. Here's how you let this, here's how you give it to him. Here's how you lay your burdens down. Prayer, that's talking to God. You come to God, and first you just unload your heart. This is before you even start asking for anything. You just simply say, God, here's what's going on right now. Here's how I feel. Here's what so-and-so said to me. Here's my bank account balance. Here's my health report. Here's that test that I got back. Here's the note I got from my children's teacher. Whatever it is, you just lay it out there. You open up your heart to God. He knows it anyway, but he wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear your heart as a child of God pouring out, opening up, making yourself vulnerable to him. Prayer is just talking to God. And he says, so by prayer, that's the first thing, prayer, talking to God, telling him all about the situation. Secondly, he says prayer and supplication or prayer and petition, some versions say. In other words, here's telling God about the problem. Number two, now you ask him, God, here's what I need in this situation. Here's what I would like to have happen. God, I need your help. Now, folks, you know, there's an old song, thank God for unanswered prayers, right? There's a lot of times when we need to say, God, here's what I'd like, but if you have something better, please do your plan. Because looking back, we realize we're glad God didn't do some things that we asked for in life. But God wants us to come to him and say, God, here's the situation. Here's my struggle. And Lord, if you could please help me. And you may even have a specific idea. You know, it's, it's kind of fun, isn't it? Uh, when we come to God and say, now here's an idea for how you, the all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent being of the universe, uh, could fix all this. It, it kind of was interesting this week when uh, Alan and Ashley were here. You know, Alan was like kind of the mastermind behind all this. And, and Aubrey would come up and she'd give some great direction for the rest of us, you know. And uh, it was so cute. I, I enjoyed that. She was a great helper. And, 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 but I, I sometimes think God probably thinks that's cute. When we say, no, God, here's how I think you should solve my problems. But that's okay. We come to him and we say, here's the issue, God. And, and Lord, I need some help. Prayer, petition. And, and a lot of us will think, well, that's it, right? But he adds a third thing. He says, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. We need to come to God even before he's even answered our request. We need to already be in a mode of thankfulness and thanksgiving and gratitude for what God has done and what he is going to do. You know, um, Paul isn't just telling them, do as I do, but do as I say, but not as I do. He's actually doing what he's already modeled. Because if you turn back to chapter 1, he says to these Philippians, he says, I thank God every time I remember you in my prayers. In other words, Paul, he, he makes that a part of his prayer life practice, that every time as he asks God for something, God, this is a situation, and God, here's what I'd like you to do. He goes ahead and says, and God, thank you for what you've already done. Thank you 
for this relationship or for the healing you've already brought or for the blessings you've already sent. And God, thank you for what you're going to do. But thanksgiving is a vital part of our prayer because if we really believe that God works, that he's going to work in the situation, maybe not exactly like we want to, but we know that he's got the big picture in mind and that he's got it covered, why shouldn't we be thankful? Why should we have to wait and to see, what? well, God, I, I'm, I'm going to be thankful in a minute, but first got to make sure you do the right thing here, Lord. No, 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 no. God says, go ahead and be thankful, even as you're laying out the issue and as you're asking me for help, go ahead and be thankful. Paul says that's what we need, the way we need to approach God. So when you've got an issue, when you are in the valley, talk about it to God, ask for his help, and thank God for what he's done in the past and what he's going to do. And what does he say is the result of this? What does this says? He says, let your requests be made known to God. That's how you do it. And then what? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This is a peace, in other words, that the world can't explain. This is a peace that doesn't add up. There's no mathematical formula. There's no equation for it. This is a peace that defies reason because people will look at your lives and all the situations and circumstances that are going on around you and they'll say, they ought to be a wreck. They, they ought to be just gone. They ought to be destroyed by what's going on in their life. And when they look at you and you're not gone, you're not destroyed, not that you're perfect, but that somehow there's something inside you that is greater than the situation that you're in. What happens? They ask questions. They say, they have something that I don't have, and I want to have what they have. And so when we live our lives in that way of bringing our problems to God, of laying them at the feet of the cross, saying, God, you take my burden. I want to exchange my burden for your blessing, my worry for your assurance. When we do that, not only does it bless us, but it blesses the world around us as they look and they say, wow, I don't get it. How are they living like that? How are they able to walk in that way? And when they actually ask you that question, you just say, Jesus. It's by God's grace. It's not anything about me. It's just Jesus. So God calls us when we encounter situations to keep our joy and our peace from being robbed and stolen. The first thing he calls us to do is to give it to him, to pray. I want us to look at a second thing now. If you'll look in your Bible again, we're going to read further. In verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Our peace comes through prayer. Secondly, it comes through thinking, focusing mentally on the right things in life. Now, 
we all know this at a basic level. If we have kids or we remember back when we were kids, what do you do? Do you, do you say, hey, kids, it's about 9 o'clock. I think you got about 30 minutes to watch a scary movie, okay? Go ahead and watch something scary real quick right before you go to bed. No, we know better than that. We, we, don't, we don't do that. We've all learned, some of us, I've heard some of you say, I don't listen to those talk radio shows anymore. I don't watch that much news. Why? Because I'm getting stressed out by all this negative stuff that, that I've put in me. And others of you have said, I, I've changed some music that I'm listening to. Or, or you know, I, I cannot be around this certain person because they're feeding this into my mind. And I don't need to think about that. We know this to some degree, but we forget to be really active about it. We kind of know I need to not, you know, watch an action movie right before I go to sleep. Or we, we, we know some things to avoid, but we forget about the positive step of not just avoiding these bad things, but filling our minds with the good things. Paul has a whole bunch of things here. I just read all, all of that stuff, whatever, 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 whatever. And he uses words like noble, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. In other words, you and I need to be actively filling our minds with good stuff. Because we fill our minds with bad stuff all the time. I mean, it just kind of comes in. It goes back to that whole cookie thing. <laughs> it's like that with the TV. You ever notice how TV gets turned on? It's a lot easier to turn on a TV than turn it off. I mean, a TV can keep running, and uh, now it's real easy. Those of you who have got Netflix or other online things, you don't even have to watch commercials. You don't even have to take a break for anything. It just goes from one episode to the next. And here we go, episode after episode. And we're flooding our minds with stuff. And not everything on TV is bad. Not every video game is bad. Not every magazine is bad. But there's, we got to use discernment about what we put in our minds. The earliest computer programmers uh, coined a phrase, garbage in, garbage out. The best computer in the world is no better than the information that's programmed into it. And our minds are that same way. If we fill our minds with junk, then we're going to get junk coming out. And Paul says, to protect your peace, you need to put good stuff in your mind, and good stuff can come out of that. What is it that you're watching, or listening to, or reading, or playing, or participating in, that's putting stuff in your mind that's causing you to worry, to fear, to doubt, to stray away from God. God says, remove that stuff, number one. But number two, don't just leave a vacuum because bad stuff's going to just flood back in there. Rather, consciously put good stuff. And of course, the Bible and the things of the Lord, that obviously that's the number one good stuff. But it can be other good things that bless others Something, a, a good hobby or a good trade or a good skill or a good community activity, but something that's positive filling your mind. We need to be actively 
watching what we allow into our minds by thinking on the right things. So if we protect our peace, we receive the peace of God, number one, by praying. Number two, by thinking. And number three, in verse nine, by doing. Look at this. The things that you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The things that you learned, received, heard, and saw in me. Now, that's kind of scary that, um, you know, they didn't have a written New Testament yet. So Paul simply had to say, for you to live like a good Christian, I want you to live basically like you saw me living and the way you heard me talking. I don't know that any of us would feel real comfortable with that. <laughs> We'd say, you want to be a Christian, read the Bible. But Paul said to new believers, people who had come from pagan backgrounds, they didn't know what Christianity looked like, and he said, look, the example that I have left you, the things that I have taught you, you need to actually do them. If we are gut-level honest, a lot of us have lost our peace because we're not living right. This morning earlier, uh, Philip mentioned an old phrase. I've heard it before. I've heard it used as a sermon title, uh, the high cost of low living. Maybe you've heard that before. There is a high cost of low living. There is a reality that you can be believing all the right things, praying all the right things. God, help me with my issue. Help me with my fear. Help me with my doubt. Help me with my problems. And yet, if there's an area of your life where you are purposefully rebelling against God, there's a part of your heart that you've said, God, I'm surrendering all the rest of it, but God, this one activity, and you've probably made an excuse somehow, well, this is the way my family does, or, or my particular circumstance and situation, or, you know, ad nauseum, just make up whatever excuse you want to, but you've somehow excused yourself and you're living in sin and maybe it's something nobody else knows about, but there's a part of your heart that you have withheld and you're saying, God, all the rest of this is your kingdom, but this is my kingdom right here and I'm holding on to and I'm cherishing this sin in my heart. Friends, you will not have peace no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you trust, no matter how much you believe. If you are walking in rebellion against God, if you are disobeying his words and his instructions, you will not have peace. In fact, you might even doubt your salvation. You might even doubt that God is real. You will have all sorts of fears and concerns and doubts because walking in disobedience against God destroys any peace that you'd have in your life. Paul said, you really want to see the God of peace show up in your life? You want, really want to be at peace in your life? Yes, pray about those concerns and troubling areas in your life. Refuse to be anxious and pray and give it to God. Think on the right stuff, but also do the right things. Do what you know is right to do. And God says, when you do that, the God of peace will be with you in a powerful, powerful way. So today, 
If your peace is missing, you need to ask yourself some very simple questions. Number one, have I given this to God? Not have I tried to figure it out, not have I talked to all of my friends or been on online chat rooms uh, sharing it with everybody else, but have I gone to God and said, God, you're big, I'm little, you can handle this, I can't, so I'm giving it to you. Secondly, what are you putting in your mind? What are you filling your mind with? And I haven't even talked about things like pornography, but folks, that right there. If you've got an issue like that where you're feeding lust or evil desires, your relationship with God will never be, even if everything else is where it needs to be, that type of sin, a hidden sin in your mind, it will affect your relationship with God. And finally, are you doing what's right? Are you actually walking in obedience? Or are you cherishing sin in your heart and holding out against him? God says very simply, pray, think on the right things, do the right things. And if you're out of line in any of those three areas, it goes back to prayer. It's just a different type of prayer, and that's a prayer of confession, where you come to God and you say, God, I fail. I haven't done what I need to do, so right now I'm praying for you to change my heart, to make me the kind of person, make me like Jesus, make me how you want me to be. And you receive his forgiveness and you move forward in his grace. And we'll have, all have to do that lots of times. We all mess up. But we need to come to him and receive that grace that only he can give. Bow with me in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I come to you and Lord, I know that so many times, God, we, we want to just, honestly, we want to live like the world. We want to do what everybody else in this society is doing. And yet, Lord, you've said that broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. God, if we follow the crowd, if we follow the world's patterns, we'll end up with the world's destruction. And God, I pray that you'd help us instead to choose the narrow way, to choose the path of life. Father, where we gave all of our concerns to you, we refuse to be anxious, but rather we trust that we'd fill our minds with the right stuff. And God, that we would do the right things that you've called us to do. Lord, be with us now as we sing this hymn of commitment and help us each to renew our commitment and our walk and our love for you. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.